You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant, I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Psalm 89, verses 3 and 4. So this is prophecy and what I wrote about that. And then Chuck, I think uh, I'd love you to expand on uh, all some of the ways that Jesus is is seen in these Old Testament uh, books um, and kind of foreseeing his coming. So I say that Jesus is God's promise fulfilled. The promise or oath can be found in the second book of Samuel. Here, through Nathan, God says of David, I will raise up your offspring after you. I will establish his kingdom, and I will be to him a father, and he to me shall be a son. Yeah, this uh, psalmist uh, is you're giving what we would call an enthronement psalm. There are different categories of psalms, and uh, it's likely that this would have used, been used during a festival. And there was a real sense in the Hebrew worldview that the earthly throne of King David was connected to the heavenly throne. And as it went, went well with the people, it meant that the earthly king was doing his job and ruling as the heavenly king had wanted. And there was this longing. And as things came apart, uh, really the glory years of the kingdom didn't get much past Solomon. So David and Solomon are good kings, and there was this ex- expectation. And this expectation gets expressed in two different titles. Um, there is the Son of Man, which is represented in uh, Daniel's declaration of one who would come as a rightful king and rule and have dominion. And there was this Messiah figure from the line of David. And so many of the Psalms don't make sense if you just read them through a view of David because it just didn't happen in David's life. Uh, There is a double optic that's there. Uh, I'm not sure the runs writing the Psalms were completely aware of the double optic in the same way that the prophets had double and triple optics a lot of times in their prophecies but they could only see to the next peak. There were mountains behind that that were coming that would be interpreted by the New Testament. And there are multiple for Jesus, everything from his incarnation, how he would come to earth, uh, how he would be uh, revealed as a king. And the the psalm that's quoted the most is Psalm 110.1, which is, my Lord says to my Lord, uh, I will make your enemies my footstool, which gets quoted in the New Testament more than any other verse, and really in relation to Jesus' ascension. And so everything in the Christ event, his coming, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension point to the enthronement of this perfect king uh, that had been missing for so long. And uh, we can imagine that on the road to Emmaus uh, with the two uh, followers of Jesus who are disconsolate, uh, because of the crucifixion, uh, and then Jesus is walking with them. And at some point they say, uh, we're not our hearts burning within us. As he opened the scriptures uh, and revealed himself in the scriptures. In other words, uh, he interpreted the scriptures and uh, for them so that they could see 
that uh, the scriptures were pronouncing his coming long before and the nature of his uh his his kingship actually and even that wasn't enough for them it was at the moment of breaking of the bread that the scripture says that their eyes were opened and their response is didn't our hearts burn in us and so the um the whole aspect of getting the right information is only so good until the eyes of our heart are open and we get to experience uh, really what God is doing in our midst. One more comment I want to make uh, about um, the Gospels is two of the Gospel writers, Matthew and Luke, believe the scriptures reveal Jesus in many ways, but one of the ways was the chronology that are found in those two. And a lot of people say, well, why is this here? And this is here to establish what was actually being predicted in the Old Testament and, and came to being uh, with the coming of Jesus. 